José Luis Gamboa, 10 de enero, Margarito Hernández Esquivel, 17 de enero, Juana. Lourdes Maldonado, 23 de enero, Juana. Those names you just heard, they were Mexican journalists. And the dates, the days that they were murdered. Rallies like this one were held at more than three dozen cities across Mexico last month. And the goal was to bring global attention to the journalists who work in one of the deadliest countries on earth for members of the press. Fellow reporters and supporters gathered to say basta, enough. And look, this is how bad the situation is right now. As we're recording this episode, Roberto Toledo was gunned down on January 31st. He contributed to a local news blog called Monitor Michoacán. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. The second most dangerous country for journalists in the world was Mexico, and Mexico was last year the most dangerous. Since 2000, nearly 150 Mexican journalists have been murdered while in the line of work. That's according to the Human Rights Group, Article 19. It means that journalists, maybe local journalists doing their job, disturb criminal activities without knowing this. Mexico trails just Syria and Iraq as the deadliest country in the world to be a news person. That's according to the data collected from 2000 to 2022 by the Committee to Protect Journalists. And the Mexican government has done little to stop it. This political apathy has worked in the past, but now journalists are openly criticizing Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador and government officials demanding something, anything, be done to stop the bloodshed. The largest rally to bring attention to the issue was in Mexico City, where reporters from across the country spoke about their plights. My LA Times colleague, Patrick McDonald, was there at the rally. He's our Mexico City bureau chief. Patrick, welcome to the Times. A pleasure. Un placer. Thank you. It seems like we've been hearing for decades that being a journalist in Mexico is dangerous. Isn't that lamentable? I mean, ever since I've been covering Latin America and Mexico specifically, it's been an issue, I think, going way back. I mean, one of the signature killings in Mexico that really rocked the country was in 1988. Uh, a guy by the name of Hector Felix Miranda was shot dead with a shotgun. He worked for a muckraking newspaper called Zeta, uh, which did amazing work in Tijuana, was really very, very important uh, journalistic institution. He was the co-founder, along with a guy named Jesus Blancornelas, whom we collaborated with from time to time. And Jesus himself was just blocks away from his office when the bullets began riddling his vehicle. His bodyguard was shot dead and his driver has been hospitalized. He survived. I mean, yes, the point is that it's lamentable, but unfortunately it's not new that journalists are attacked, threatened, and indeed even murdered in Mexico. The drug traffickers are using violence to determine the limits of acceptable coverage. So if the drug traffickers don't want something covered, it doesn't get covered. And if they do want it covered, they often use threats and violence to ensure that it is covered. So if all these murders and these threats to journalists have been happening all this time, 
Why is everyone paying attention right now? Well, I think it's a confluence of circumstances. First of all, you had three journalists killed within a maybe a 10-day period. And two of them were, you know, relatively high-profile journalists in Tijuana. Tijuana is a city that gets a fair amount of press. It's across the border from San Diego. So when something happens to a journalist in Tijuana, it tends to get more attention than when it happens in some interior state, which can be equally or more violent. So I think that's part of the dynamic. But also three journalists killed in a 10 or 12-day period was rather shocking, I think, to most people. And several of these these folks, the two in Tijuana in particular, are quite well known on both sides of the border. In the United States, the public seems to blame all of Mexico's ills on drug cartels, and they are a huge threat to the press. But journalists also accuse Mexican politicians of cracking down on them. So when you attended this press freedom rally in Mexico City, what did you see and what were people saying? Well, the rally was very moving. People were just extremely, extremely upset about this. Many people knew the journalists who had been murdered. In Mexico, no tenemos condiciones para desarrollar nuestra labor informativa. You know, there were candles, there were photos of the journalists. Journalists put their cameras and microphones down. But, you know, we've seen this kind of scene before. I mean, there was almost exactly a very similar kind of rally in 2017 after Javier Valdez, another very well-known journalist, was killed in Sinaloa. Many people said that, you know, these rallies are very moving. They help to kind of consolidate support for the profession in Mexico. But at the end of the day, what do they mean, lamentably? Do things change? And to this date, they haven't changed. Usually after all of these murders, there are public pronouncements by presidents and governors saying, we'll get to the bottom of it, we'll try to stop this. But history has shown that these kinds of atrocities have not abated. Si no hacemos una presión real a las autoridades, seguirán los asesinatos como desde antes de Manuel Buendía. The main catalyst for these rallies, Patrick, as we heard earlier, were the assassinations of three Mexican reporters, Jose Luis Camboa, Margarito Martinez Esquivel, and Lourdes Maldonado. What can you tell us about them? Jose Luis Camboa was a reporter in the Gulf state of Veracruz, which maybe doesn't get a lot of press in the United States, but it's possibly the deadliest place for journalists to work. It's a major transit area for drugs going north, for migrants being smuggled north. So uh, he apparently had gotten threats and sought protection and unfortunately was, was killed by a knife attack. Margarito Martinez was a well-known photojournalist in Tijuana. He worked with the LA Times, along with other foreign publications, very affable, knew his stuff very well, was probably best representative of what they call in Mexico, La Nota Roja. You know, reporters who really go out on the street and kind of follow the crime, get to know the cops and victims. And he was very street savvy, he was killed right in front of his house. Lourdes Maldonado was also very well-known, and she was especially well-known for being involved in a a long-run labor dispute with a former governor of Baja California who owns a media outlet in in Tijuana, and she claimed she hadn't been paid and had been seeking back pay and had relatively recently won a judgment in her favor before she was slain. And uh, one more thing about Lourdes Maldonado. Three years ago, she came to one of the president's morning press conferences and spoke of her case and said, I fear for my life. Three years later, lamentably, she gets shot in her car out front of her house.
We'll have more after this break. Welcome back. Patrick, at the Mexico City rally, reporters were openly talking about the danger that they work and live in. One of them called in from Tijuana, Ines Garcia. And then another reporter spoke. Patrick, what was Yaneli reporting on that forced her to leave her home state of Guerrero? Guerrero is another extremely conflicted state in the west of Mexico, also one of the the poorest states in Mexico. And my understanding is she was reporting, among other things, the power of various paramilitary groups. Guerrero is a major source of opium poppy and other drugs, and it's riven with organized crime. So to me, the fundamental problem in Mexico and in a number of other societies is kind of the nexus between organized crime, politics, and law enforcement. And lamentably, in many parts of of this country... And other countries in the world, they're inextricable. There's so much money generated by organized crime that they start early corrupting local politicians and cops who end up essentially working for them. You start publicizing these issues and seeing them. These local politicians, law enforcement people and their allies who are in organized crime get extremely upset and homicide is always an option for them. Yeah, that's one of the things that I always notice when there is news of another murdered reporter. We're not talking about like some of the big outlets like, say, Proceso, La Jornada or Reforma. These are small publications. Sometimes they're like one person operations just online. Indeed, there have been reporters and columnists for Proceso and La Jornada, major institutions killed. But mostly we're seeing it in uh, very often they're smaller, little known publications, websites, to me, it, it speaks of the how corruption is very ingrained at a local level, lamentably, in Mexico. That's also why we see these local elections are often extremely bloody. When election time comes up here, you read about dozens of candidates getting killed or threatened. It's usually not presidential candidates. It's often mayoral candidates, city council candidates. This is kind of like the, the lowest level of what should be democracy, but unfortunately has been kind of corrupted to a large extent by organized crime. So at all these rallies and just, you know, every time one of these murders happens, what do reporters in Mexico want from the authorities, from local, state and federal government? Well, I think the cry in all of these cases is for an end to impunity, you know, an end to impunidad, where people can just murder journalists and and others with impunity and never really face the threats of being brought to justice. In the case we mentioned earlier of Hector Felix Miranda in uh, in Tijuana from 1988, for decades, Zeta, that publication that he co-founded, has run a black-bordered page asking for those responsible to be brought to justice. A couple of trigger men or potential accomplices were put away, but the people at Zeta are quite convinced that the mastermind of that slaying was never resolved. Then that's the case in many of these cases. Unfortunately, that implies a massive shift in the way society is run, and I think... Most journalists are savvy enough to know that that's probably not in the offing. But nonetheless, incremental changes. Every prosecution, successful prosecution, of somebody who threatens a journalist or murders a journalist, indeed, I think is a good sign when it does happen. After the break, the Mexican government's response, or lack thereof, to all of these journalists' murders.
Patrick, so what does President López Obrador say about what's happening to reporters in Mexico? Well, he was quite outspoken in condemning these killings. I mean, he's a fervent believer in democracy and feels very strongly that he was cheated out of the presidency on more than one occasion. However, I mean, he has a very difficult relationship with the press in general. I mean, if you know anything about López Obrador, he's a guy out of the 70s. He's slightly Nixonian almost, and he's looking at people as enemies or adversaries, as he calls them. So he often speaks out against specific publications, even specific journalists sometimes. Some people here see that as a provocation. He has, I think, said mostly the right things and said he plans to get to the bottom of it. They sent some special investigators to Tijuana. I mean, at the same time, I think we mentioned the case of Lourdes Maldonado. She was uh, had worked for an ex-governor of Baja California who was an ally of uh, López Obrador's. And in one of his comments... He did say one cannot make an immediate connection between her labor dispute with the ex-governor and and her killing, which is fair enough. But um, some people took that as a negative sign. He has certainly spoken forcefully, but one cannot say there have been results because it's not as if killings of journalists or threats against journalists have stopped or abated since he came into office. How about public sentiment? Have the murders of Gamboa, Robles, and Maldonado galvanized non-reporters to care about press persecution? I mean, that's a bit of an imponderable, isn't it? I mean, it's not as if we see everybody in the streets marching in favor of the free press. I think you and I and everybody else in the profession would love to see that. But, you know, people have other things going on in their lives. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people being murdered and killed in Mexico. And people tend to think more of their loved ones than of journalists. People go on with their lives. I think most people would say it's terrible that journalists are being killed. I think most would agree with us that, you know, good journalism is a linchpin to a democratic society. I'm quite sure that Lopez Obrador would agree to that, at least in uh, principle. But that's not to say there's been an outpouring of outrage, certainly here in the capital, that I've seen. You've been a foreign correspondent for a while now, Patrick, and you've worked not just in Latin America, but also the Middle East. How do you see journalism in Mexico different from other places? And I read recently about how some journalists in Mexico at this point, they're so fearful of being abducted and killed that they're taking DIY dental impressions and leaving them in the freezer so their families can better identify them, their remains, if they are killed. I mean, I worked for a long time in the Middle East. In war zones, in a place like Iraq, yes, journalists get assassinated and killed, but we're often worried about getting killed or getting hit by a shell or kidnapped or somebody covering a story. I mean, what's incredible about Mexico is that the numbers of killings and aggressions against journalists are almost as high or sometimes higher than in actual hot war zones, you know, where journalists are under fire, literally. So, I mean, the two very different kind of circumstances, but it's extraordinary that there's been so much violence against journalism. And obviously, people perpetuating it feel this sense that they can get away with it and will not be punished. Finally, Patrick, you've worked alongside many Mexican reporters. You've known some who have been assassinated, like Margarito, who helped out so many reporters at the LA Times in Mexico. So seeing the danger that so many Mexican reporters work in, how does that make you feel? I mean, I have nothing but an incredible admiration for my Mexican colleagues because they really put themselves on their line. They're so dedicated to this profession. 
and they're fully aware of the dangers. Whereas foreign journalists working in Mexico, frankly, organized crime tends to lay off us. There have not been that many casualties, thank God, uh, among foreign journalists in recent years. Whereas, you know, lamentably, Mexican journalists are a target and they probably will continue to be here. So my hat's off to my incredible Mexican colleagues here who also don't, don't get paid very well, often are never paid, just have an incredible love for the profession. It's just kind of this old-fashioned way of of looking at our craft that I I think is extremely admirable. Patrick, thank you so much for this conversation. Como siempre, un placer. Gracias. We leave you with the words of Armando Linares. He's the director of Monitor Michoacán. On January 31st, Armando recorded a video that decried the death of his colleague, Roberto Toledo, and others in his profession. And he offered these words. The translation. They killed him in a villainous manner, in a cowardly manner. We are not armed. We do not have weapons. Our only defense is a pen, a notepad. And that's it for this episode of The Times daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, do the Olympics bring democracy to their host country or just more oppression? Shannon Lynn was in charge of this episode. She's a senior producer along with Denise Guerra and Kasia Brasalian. Assisting them is Myron Kaplan, Ashley Brown, and Angel Carreras. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editor is Kinsey Moreland. Our executive producers are Hasmina Aguilera and Shani Hilton. And our theme music is by Andrew Ethan. Special thanks to Cecilia Sanchez, who recorded audio at the January 25th rally in Mexico City. I'm Gustavo Arellano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and desmadre. Gracias. <laughs>